Hello and welcome to the inaugural podcast episode of En Profundidad from Barcelona Metropolitan. I'm Harry Stott. Now this is the first of a bi-weekly series that we're really excited to share with you. En Profundidad means in-depth and that's exactly what we'll be doing, delving deep into the biggest stories that we've been covering recently. Look out for it every other Thursday alongside our other new podcast, Un Cortado Con. That will be our flagship interview series where members of our team will be talking to the most interesting creatives, business minds, and anyone else whose work is defining the cultural landscape of our city. But for today, here's En Profundidad. Plastic pollution is a scourge on Barcelona's beaches and the sea that surrounds it. It affects the beauty of the natural landscape, but also the marine life who live in these waters. today's and Profundidad podcast. Why do Barcelona's beaches have such a problem with plastic pollution? And what can people living in the city do to stop it? So that was the sound of a load of um, a trash or rubbish, whatever you want to call it, being thrown at Emma, who is the leader of the Trash Tribe today. Now, they're a team from Pure Clean Earth who go down to the beach every Sunday in order to clean up the, um, the quite an incredible amount of rubbish which is lying around everywhere, really. I'll let her explain why she just let us throw a load of rubbish at her. Okay, as you can see, all the things that we've collected, they are basically one single-use items. All of these plastic bottles, they've been used for five minutes and then thrown away. They last forever. Plastic bags that are used for, on average, 10 to 12 minutes literally 10 to 12 minutes and they're gonna last for 400 500 years in this planet they don't go away just because we throw it in the container doesn't mean that it goes away it has to go someplace because it doesn't just disappear we got so used to it we just grab it use it and then throw it away but where does it go we don't think about how it's been produced where does it go where does it finish this is gonna last for forever we're all gonna die gonna stay here that's why it's so important that we start with the little things and try to replace them but we're all responsible for this it's not my trash yet I'm responsible for it if every single one takes the responsibility for it we can actually make a change okay Barcelona Beach is one of the city's main attractions, but its popularity among tourists and locals has a consequence. Walk in between the crowds basking in the sun and you'll have to dodge past cans, cigarette butts and worse. And in the water itself, well, if you open your eyes under the surface, you might see a few things that you don't like. While the local agents have put some measures in place to prevent the pollution, 
one close look at the sand tells you they're really not doing enough. To combat it, an expat named Daniel Reynolds started going down to the beach to pick up the rubbish he found in April 2018. One man's altruistic act has grown into the formation of an NGO called Pure Clean Earth. It's their trash tribe who are out here every week, can rain or shine. I went down to join them on Barcelona Beach on a Sunday in early October to see the work they do. Here's the opening speech. Um, okay, first of all, thank you all for coming. Uh, it's a smaller group of people today, but it doesn't matter. Um, we're still here to basically do what we do every single week to spread the message. There are a lot of people here, there are a lot of people on the beach just running around. So we have here an opportunity not just to clean up the beach, but also to spread awareness, to educate ourselves and all the people that are staying on the beach, okay? Um, first, I'm going to tell you, for who doesn't know who we are, uh, we are an NGO called Pure Clean Earth. We started doing the beach cleanups in April last year. And from that point on, every single week we are here in Barcelona and we clean the beach for an hour. Um, and in all that time, we've collected oh, about 9,000 kilos of trash, which is actually a pretty big number, but in reality, it's a very small piece of what is happening in our planet, of the magnitude of this problem that is actually upon us. Um, and what we're doing here is the first step towards the solution. It's not the solution. I'm not saying that we just can do the beach cleanups and nothing else. It's not, it's not, it's not going to work. Um, but we have to start reducing our consumption of plastic on a daily basis. It comes from our homes, it comes from our hot offices. And if every single one of us does a little bit, we can actually make a huge, huge, huge difference. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're here um, also to actually have fun. <laughs> okay, it's a very serious problem. Yes, it is but we're here with smiles and we're spreading positive energy because we think that the change cannot happen unless there's positivity in it. Nothing's, nobody's gonna change with negativity. Nobody's gonna change saying, oh, you have to change that, you have to change that. No, we're here to offer solutions and to just spread the happiness everywhere. Okay, that's the most important part. lot of trash if you walk down the street. I mean, I was just walking to uh, this meeting today and I picked up like five pieces of uh, plastic within about 10 feet. So I mean, it just it's just everywhere and that's even after the streets have been cleaned up. It's just so much out there uh, and it all flows downhill, downstream into the ocean. That's the voice of Kurt Krupperman, a regular contributor to the Metropolitan who's been writing about pure clean earth and a number of other environmental issues affecting the city. Lots of ways it gets down there. One is that uh, comes out of landfills because so much of the plastics that that's produced uh, doesn't um, doesn't get recycled. It gets uh, put into landfills, and then uh, the management of landfills throughout the world uh, is um, in some cases not very good. And uh, on on storms and just because it's overflowing, it just flows down towards uh, water and into the rivers and into the ocean. Now that's one source. The other source is just uh, trash that's on the street that ends up in the, in the storm sewers and washes in. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pollution or a lot of plastic waste that comes off of ships. Uh, so it's, it's a number of sources where it comes from, uh, all contributing to a serious problem. And on the beach specifically, yeah. that, that, the issue there, I guess, is more people littering. 
Well, that's or an interesting again. thing. It, it is that for sure. And that's why we do the beach cleanup is to uh, get some of that off the beach before it hits the, the, the ocean. But when we're doing the beach cleanup and you go along where the water line is, uh, where the, where the um, surf is, and you see all the plastic that's being washed in from the sea that hasn't been deposited on the beach first, it's come from somewhere else, so it's yeah. floating out there. And that's what the fish and the uh, sea mammals are, are swimming in all the time. Yeah, they estimate about 100 million um, uh, sea mammals are killed a year. Wow. I mean, that's an unbelievable number. Uh, you know, seals and whales and, and purposes, and it's just, uh, it's devastating. It seems like there's so much more that can be done because, I mean, in your article you referred to that huge amounts of things that, end up in the landfill are actually they're recyclable. Right. The, I think the, the number is uh, more than 50% right. of yeah. the plastic that is produced uh, ends up in landfills. And so we could do a much, much better job with uh, recycling. One thing to understand about plastics is the issue of single-use plastics. Mm -hmm. Single-use plastics are not recyclable. They have to be disposed of properly, but they end up so often into the seas, those plastic bags or just uh, mm. wrapping on, on food. Uh, that is single-use plastics, and that is not recyclable, and we need to find a way to stop producing and using those single-use plastics. In fact, in 2022 in Europe, those single-use plastics are, are going to be banned. And so in Europe, we're going to find a way to, to package our food um, and carry our food and other things uh, without single-use pl plastic. That's coming very soon. It's a good thing. I think there's structural problems. You know, in a uh, society that, or cultures are run, and the economy is run by profit, there's money to be made by not packaging food properly. There's money to be made by making single-use um, plastics than other kinds of containers. And so, the, so there's some structural problems with the economy that sort of incentivizes that. So mm. you have to, humans, their governments, and, and the consumers have to intervene to stop that. But then there's also personal behavior too. So it's more convenient to have single-use plastics. It certainly is. You don't have to think about what you're going to carry or stuff you bought in the store home with because you're going to be provided with something that may not be recyclable. That's very convenient. It is not very good for the earth. So you have to change how you do things. And sometimes it's just not as convenient. But um, you have to think of, the, of the, your own life and your children's life and your grandchildren's life. Focusing on Barcelona specifically, what is your view on the sort of waste management system that they have here? Well, coming from the States, um, I find what Barcelona does is really superior to many places that I've experienced in the United States. Um, the fact that glass and plastic and paper and um, organic are all separated out uh, is far better than many systems that I've seen in the States. Um, Unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't pay attention to the, the bins and what they throw their, their uh, waste in. And so it gets mixed a little bit. And if you, if you opened, ever opened up one of the bins to see what's in there, you'll see there's not just paper in there. People have thrown some other stuff. And you go into the, the compost bin, the brown bin, you look in there and say, oh my God, there's metal in it. I mean, so 
humans have to pay attention to what's been created. I think Barcelona has a pretty robust system to collect and recycle. So that's, it's, that's a good thing. Could it do a better job? I think so. Could the humans do a better job? I think so. I think there's a lot of work to do together. I think, unfortunately, this is my bias. I you know, and I've, I'm a tourist too. I go all over the world to travel. I think people have less vested interest in the environment in, where they're visiting, and I think they're, they may not be aware what the, the ways to recycle are, and they just throw trash out. So there are a tremendous amount of trash, and it's an interesting thing here in Barcelona is that there's so much um, public works to try to clean up the city all the time, constantly you see the people out there. Yeah. I think it creates perhaps an unintended consequence for people think, I could just throw my stuff on the ground, someone else is gonna pick it up. And I think the, the thing about recycling, in particular, is this personal responsibility. The trash doesn't make it from your apartment to the bin on its own. You have to take responsibility. Well, I mean, there's bigger issues that are affecting the planet than the trash that we have produced. Um, but it's part of the solution. It's, it's by itself won't be. We have to figure out how to stop the, um, the, um, the warming of the earth, the, the climate change. And that plastics contributes to that because they are produced uh, by the uh, petro industry. Um, so that, that's, but they're, they're all connected. And, you know, we're going to try to save the living organisms on our planet. Uh, that each one of those part contributes to the diversity of the planet. If we lose that diversity, we ultimately will destroy the planet. So it's, they're all, these things are very much interconnected, but by itself, recycling doesn't save the planet. It's all those different things that you have to do. Mm, it's almost like a curious uh, sort of ecosystem. Yes, of, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so now each one of you is gonna get a bag, two cups, and gloves. <laughs> yes, gloves. Um, we're gonna go down here. We're gonna spread through the beach. Okay, we're gonna make a line. We're gonna go everywhere so that no part of the beach gets gets taken over. Um, and then we're gonna go towards the direction of the Espigón de Gas. Okay, so we're gonna meet there, and then we're gonna do the separation of all that we collected. Um, how we do the cleanup? Basically, everything that does not belong to the beach, we put it in our bags. The cups, one of the cups is meant for cigarette butts, and the other cup is meant for um, smaller pieces of plastic, which are lids, straws, uh, lighters, like very hard things and that are kind of clean. If they're not clean, they're just going to go straight into the bag. Um, and yeah, like I said, just have fun, dance, dance, sing, whatever you want to do, talk, and go, go swim, whatever you want to do. Um, just make sure that you have fun and that you're at the meeting point at 6 p.m. Okay? We have no team, team arrivals. Hello. Welcome. So Kurt and I are now down on Barcelonetta, picking up trash with the Trash Tribe. Kurt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. So what have you got so far? It looks like a lot of a lot cigarette. of cigarette butts. Yeah. A few microplastics. Things I can't even identify, but some caps and some other things. Uh, but, uh, and then a little bit of trash, but lots of cigarette butts. And so you've been coming down here with the Trash Tribe for, for how long? Really since last uh, September. Uh, two, September 2018. Right. And you heard about them, how was it? I heard about it on Meetup. 
I was just looking for some environmental action to get involved in. And it was the thing that I saw and it was easy to do. And I, hey, to be honest, I like walking along the beach. So how, how can that be a bad thing? Yeah. And it's a great group of people. Real positive approach. Uh, understanding what this little action is mostly uh, symbolic. It does clean up because we, what is it? 19, I forget how many, uh, 9,000 kilos that we picked up. Um, but uh, it's just a small part, but the education that's done and what it represents to other people who see us, that's a big deal. Barcelona Net is where it started, but now the beach cleanups are going on in Sitges and... Sitges, and there is a beach, I, don't, I can't remember it, in uh, England that's where it's happening as well. And we're part of a worldwide movement. Beach cleanups and other kind of cleanups are going on all the time. And so this is just one example of people taking things into their own hands, often using social media to organize things, which is great. Uh, so it's very... Um, organic as they say totally voluntary people just do this because they want to and uh, it's a way to give back to the universe seeing you have these little hidden things here's a bottle cap what's that the bottle cap green green bottle cap nice green bottle cap probably promotes environmentalism right yeah <laughs> lovely <laughs> and it goes in my little microplastic uh-huh is that container. that's what one of the is. kind of single use plastics does that fall under well, or it's, yeah, it is single use because, and apparently, bottle caps don't recycle the same way the bottles do. Right. And so we separate out the bottle, when we do the separation, we separate out bottle caps from the bottles that they're on. Here's an example of microplastic, just a little bead of some kind. Yeah, here on the fluorescent beach. bead. That's kind of cute. Yeah. And actually, we, we separate these out and make artwork out of some of these microplastics. Artists take these and use them for their work, which is kind of cool. Really cool. Yeah. Here's another bottle cap. This one's metal. Right, so we're all wandering along the beach now. Let's go and have a chat with some of the other people down here today. So, what's your name? Karina. Karina, lovely to meet you. And so are you one of the organizers for Good Clean Earth? Yeah, I'm, I'm helping. So I'm most of the times I'm here, yeah. Sure. Trying my best. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you how long have you been um, working with Pure Clean Earth for? Exactly one year. Exactly one year. So I came cool. to Barcelona in uh, October and that's when I started. I actually met them down at the beach and I uh, met Emma and I was like, hey, this looks awesome. And then she told me that they're doing it weekly. So that was really cool. And then I uh, became part of the gang. Yeah, it's really cool. It's mm. like a, it's like a little family. Like there's people that come um, more often. So you get to know the regulars and um, it's a real community somehow because you, you meet like-minded people and it's really beautiful. And what else, so obviously there's the, the beach cleaner which we're doing now, is another cigarette butt yeah. up in there. <laughs> what other um, initiatives or things are Pure Clean Earth doing other than the beach cleanup? Um, so, well, we do events, like for example, the Posidonia, um, the Posidonia Green Festival is coming up, where people are, um, they're speaking, there's a lot of speeches about um, plastic pollution, about how we can live a more sustainable life, and we're there with a stand 
just trying to spread our message there as well. And then there was the Wanderlust Festival, like a yoga festival, who invited us to to just be present and just to spread a little bit of awareness. And then um, we do sometimes also go in schools and educate the young people because that's like one of the more important things as well, just mm -hmm. to... to um, to move the younger generation and to just spread some some interest and awareness with them. Um, there's company events as well, so um, if you want to have a team building, you can do that with us as well. Just um, a little bit more conscious and sustainable. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say with the um, the young people. Obviously, we had the climate uh, strikes yes. recently. Did um. Uh, Pure Clean Earth have a presence there? Were you guys? Yeah, down we there? were. So I was actually there, um, leading the the team of <laughs> the the strike. Um, it was really cool. Like we had four people in shirts and just like a lot of other people that just came and supported us. It was at the same time as the beach cleanup, though. So we had two teams. We had one on the climate strike and one on the on the beach because this is our own form of, of protest. You know, like we're we're doing well now. We're doing Sundays for future, I guess. Um, so. Yeah, so we were at the strike and it was absolutely amazing. Like the the newspaper said, it was about a hundred thousand people just walking down the Passage de Gracia, which was great because it is it is such a place where you don't expect people to be because Passage de Gracia is you know like Gucci and Prada and you're just walking between these massive stores thinking yes, you need to see this and it's, it's, it was it felt really good. Yeah, it's interesting what um, Emma was saying at the start as well about how. It's as much about visibility as it is um, picking up the litter, yeah. Yes, so it is, it is a nice gesture to pick up the litter from the beach because this way we remind ourselves what's happening and um, that some people are just not aware of what they're doing because it's been such a habit just to throw their cigarette butts away, but it's, the population increases, the cigarette butts, the, the amount of cigarette butts increases and it's just so much, so it's, it's good for... Um, we're educating ourselves of what's there and the most important thing is that we try to educate the people around us that they see what we're doing so maybe some of these people think hey um, what they're doing is really cool and maybe stop leaving my shit everywhere um, so in the in the greater sense this is not about picking up every single cigarette butt but it's about um, visibility it's about educating ourselves the people around us and we're trying um, to spread this and to go further by obviously trying to reach the source of it. So because it, it doesn't matter, like you, we can pick up and pick up and pick up and pick up, but yeah, in the end, you, you need to find the source and actually tackle the problem at the source. And um, this is the ultimate long-term goal. Yeah, that one. 
Um, and we're just going to make a big pile of what we collected so we can all see um, what the others have found and what is there, yeah, what we collected in one hour. And then afterwards we're going to do the separation to be able to recycle as much of the things um, that we found as possible. Okay. We have a few categories. Leandro is already um, sorting through the smaller stuff. trying to separate uh, small pieces of plastics into categories. What are the different categories you have to... So we have like uh, lids, we have straws, we have cotton bud sticks, we have cutlery, we have um, yeah, balloons. Okay, so we wait for the... Yeah, so trying to divide the... Two categories and then we we will count them. And what are the some of, what are some of the sort of the biggest things you ever come across then, or the strangest the strangest things you ever worked out? <laughs> Everything connected to the um, hygienical sides of humans. <laughs> is Do you remember the time we picked up 15 condoms? Yeah, the, yeah. You know? few, few, few weeks ago, example. maybe, yeah. All <laughs> tampon strings, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the inflatable unicorn. Um, yeah, unicorn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this kind of stuff, they're really, really strange, anyway. So now that we've done the the, the the trash throw, I guess you'd call it, everyone's now sorting out the different types of plastics into different things. And they're putting them on show next to a number of different signs. As people walk past here along the, along the street. What's your name again? Patrick. I'll take my glove off to yeah, show. Nice to meet you. Everyone can go, I mean the zero waste word is, everyone can go almost zero waste now. I mean it really wouldn't take much. You can buy all of your things like rice, lentils, legumes, all vegetables, all fruit. You can buy all of that without any plastic. Now. Water, what's wrong with the tap? What's wrong with a filter? You know, you've got a charcoal filter. That is such an easy switch to do. These knives and forks, plastic knives and forks. You don't take your own knives and forks from your house. Everybody has a knife and fork in their house. Why, why do we not? A straw, I mean, we're not babies. Nobody needs a straw. But if people refuse to go zero waste, what do you mean by, by zero waste? Zero, is it by not by so by, by not sending anything to landfill, by by if you buy something, buy it in glass rather than plastic, you know, not, don't send try not to send anything to it doesn't need to be recycled. You know, you shouldn't have to buy anything. So if you go zero waste, you're not buying things in plastic bags, you're not buying things in in you know cardboard or in anything. You just don't you know, nothing needs to be 
Yeah, what's the best place to start then? Because I think I think the idea of for some people saying go zero waste immediately is going to be I don't know, intimidating well, like, to some yeah, people. I mean, like Emma said Lifestyle. before, take it step by step. If you if it's if it's at the moment you're buying plastic bottles, if you're buying water in you know six plastic bottles that comes in a plastic bag buy a filter buy a Brita filter or any other type of brand of filter or they've got filters that you can add onto your tap you can you can screw into your tap do that it's cheaper it doesn't I mean we burn fossil fuels to make plastic mm. so stop doing that mm -hmm. so that's one very easy thing to do now mm. as well as on a personal basis what are some ways that you can i don't know sort of lobby lobby governments or, or things that you can well, do I think on a bigger scale i was talking about it earlier i think that i think the first thing i think the first thing you do is look in your household yeah uh, companies i mean maybe we go into politics but companies won't change until we change we ask when we, we vote with our pound with our euro with our dollar if you buy these products they'll keep producing them we need to demand for, for a better system and we can only do that by, by buying the right things or preferably not buying them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it seems to be making a real visible impact. I mean, four or five people have already stopped to take photos of the team. And people are coming and asking what people are doing. Two people came and came and joined in in the cleanup just just from seeing us on the on the beach. And visibility really seems to be the main thing that the project is being done for. You're never going to be able to clean all the rubbish off Barcelona Beach, but. The image that it shows to people sunbathing, to people looking from above, that's the really powerful point. That's all for this week. Many thanks to Kurt and to everyone at Pure Clean Earth for speaking to me for this episode. You can find Kurt's excellent piece on Pure Clean Earth on the Barcelona Metropolitan website and definitely look out for his further work on the environment in Barcelona coming up in the near future. And if you want to go and join the Trash Tribe in cleaning up the beach, head down to Plaza del Mar each Sunday at 5pm and check out their Facebook page for more info. Next week sees the arrival of our first episode of Un Cortado Con, so keep an eye out on our website for more info on who we'll be speaking to. But until then, have a great weekend. We're back next Thursday. The music is inspired, artifact and lightless dawn, all by Kevin McLeod and licensed by Creative Commons.